This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Hey there, Mackie and Jeb with Rami listeners. We're asking you to help us improve the listener experience of this show, whether it's segments, advertisements you hear, you name it, by going to scorenorth.com, keyword MJR, and filling out a quick survey. You can help make the show better. Please help us cater this show and the ads to what you want. Scorenorth.com, keyword MJR. And if you fill it out, Judd will give you an awkward bro hug next time he sees you, I promise. Oh, boxers can take anything. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. In the backfield, Alexander Madison feeling in motion. They fake the give to Madison. Cousins for the end zone. Is it caught? Yes, and what a catch by I just felt like when the play calls were coming in, I was in agreement with him so many times, feeling like uh, he was going to give us a great chance. And then we were running the ball proficiently. When you do that, I think it helps a play call. It helps a quarterback feel like they have the, the wind at their back a little bit. Mackie and Judd with Rami, Score North, Score North app. And gentlemen, I'm going to give you some rankings here. These are NFL quarterbacks ranked 5-1 through one in ascending order. Of passer rating this season. All right. On the season. Okay. Well, I'll go six through one just because the list is more impressive when I start with Aaron Rodgers, number six, with a 103.7 passer rating. He's washed, though. It was a pretty good game yesterday. It's all right. Solid. Yeah, you guys did like two hours on how no, washed he is. We did two you? segments. <laughs> you and Collar. <laughs> two long segments. No, I started it with uh, Judd and Danny. It was the, the turnover from the noon to one o'clock. So hour. you're all culpable in motivating o'clock. Aaron Rodgers. Um, I don't think I, I wasn't don't, there for that. I don't think Judd said Aaron Rodgers was washed. Oh, you were there when last, we started the discussion. Week. Yes, on oh, Friday. Oh, I thought you were saying it. But, but Judd didn't deny it. I wasn't involved in that. Um, okay. I don't remember Judd's take on it. I think he was trying to dance around it. Yeah, it's, it's, prema- it. it's just yeah. premature. Well, he's number six. Deshaun Watson, number five, 104.1. Kyle Allen with Carolina is number four on this list, 106.6. <laughs> Pat Mahomes, 113.1, number three in passer rating. Russell Wilson, number two, 114.1. And the number one rated passer, according to traditional passer rating in the NFL, 114.3, Kirk Cousins. Holy cow. What are you Life comes rifling you through over there? What are you doing? All right. I'm going to tell you how he got here, too. First four games, Kirk Cousins. Okay? Are you the narrator right now? <laughs> I am the Cousins. That, yeah, because I'm going to have the script in play. The Cousins movie is going to be phenomenal. You have to do it. Who's the guy from Dateline? Keith Morrison? I just listened to a podcast with oh, him. Oh, he's got the weird voice, but it's really cool, Can right? Can you do this whole thing in the Keith Morrison That's, voice? Oh, because my... Uh, cousins opened the trunk. Okay, so... Saw the body. You so Bill the body of Pat Shermer. Bill Hader does that voice so does perfectly. He? It's, yeah. hard. It's, it's hard to do that voice. You might say Kirk Cousins murdered it on the football field yesterday. When, when we come back... The surprising thing that Kirk Cousins didn't know. The he, Vikings are slaying it offensively. 
Oh, I love that guy. That goes back to the the, the original guy that did, that did those, and, and he's dead now. Unlike those, you know, mysterious mystery. My, my wife left, and I don't know where. Actually, I killed her, but I don't want to talk about it. it was a guy named I want to say his name was Paul Winfield, and he died a long time ago. But he was always the guy. The greatest line he would use in everything was, "It was just a sleepy town." <laughs> you know, Hibbing, Minnesota was just a sleepy town until murder. Ford Field was just a sleepy town until Kirk Cousins rolled in. Those are worth watching for just to hear the voices. Yeah, I love them. All right, so how did? Okay. So how did? Kirk by Cousins. the way, it was three weeks ago on this very show that. And you know, Rami called me out on this on Scornet Live today. I, I verbatim said, I am done with Kirk I'm Cousins. I'm out on Kirk yeah, Cousins. You said that, I'm, that's I'm what out. you said. I'm out on Kirk Cousins. Yeah, we can talk through those things. And we, we <laughs> Kirk Cousins, first four games of this year, 64 of 99, 735 yards, three touchdowns, two picks, sacked eight times. Keep that stat in mind. Sacked eight times in four games, a passer rating of 88.6. That takes us through Chicago, Okay. Giants, Philadelphia, and now Detroit, the last three games. 68 of 90, 976 yards, 10 touchdowns, one pick, which was actually a ball against the Eagles that went off Diggs' yeah, face mask. that's 100% on Diggs. It's not Kirk's fault. Sacks cut in half from 8 to 4, rating of 142.6, the last three games. But let me say this. Before we go too far down the this is just all Kirk path, this has this offense for the last three games not been what we discussed the day Kubiak walked in that door? Because to me, that's an incredibly important starting point. Yes, bravo, Kirk. You played fantastic. Three games. That's great. I'm not minimizing that one bit. But did you notice those first four games, there were times where you're like, what are they? Uh, okay, I guess I get this. Dalvin Cook's really good. This is great. But I'm a little bit confused. I'm I'm here to, to tell you, my nominee, seven weeks in, for the Minnesota Vikings, MVP, it's not Kirk Cousins, it's not Stefanski, it's not Kubiak, it's Stefan Diggs. I think after week four when he said, you guys are idiots, and I'm taking two days off, I think, no, I de- I'm dead serious, <laughs> I think the Vikings now said, and, and at the time, I did not, so this was not a, something, I'm, I'm like, good for Diggs, but in retrospect, the sea change that we've seen since that whole thing and, I mean, and and the fact that, look, the last three games, they're passing more. And keep in mind, too, the first game after that against the Giants, Diggs, I think, caught three passes. So it's not like he came back and got his way, give me the damn ball. But you know what happened? They said, I think they said, damn, he's probably got a point. Because something has changed in these last three games. This offense now, gentlemen, is the offense that when Kubiak got the job, we're all like, the potential is here, not every week, but the potential is here for this. But they also ran into bad defenses. I mean, it, it's it just so happened to fall in line to with right after Stephon Diggs set the practice facility on fire. But it they ran into bad defenses, and I'm not here to take away 
from the Vikings and Kirk Cousins and what this team has accomplished over the last three weeks. This thing is moving in the right direction again. Obviously, Kirk Cousins has been the best quarterback in this league for three weeks running now. Can't take that away from him, and that's never a bad thing. But I don't know that I'm ready to give Stephon Diggs credit for that when it just so happens to coincide with running into two bad defenses. And then as the game was going on yesterday, the Lions were losing guys on defense. They were dropping like flies. So, I mean... Those two things probably have something to do with each other, don't you well, think? And, I, and I, it also, the truth lies somewhere in the middle too. And we're gonna we're right. gonna find out there are four games on the schedule between now and the end of the year. And you could even say five. I think if Pat Mahomes was playing at Kansas City, I'd put that game even higher on the list. That is not a gimme game, even without Pat Mahomes, because the Chiefs have a really good team, and Andy Reid's a really good coach, and Andy Reid does a really good job with backup quarterbacks in his career too. But at Dallas, at Seattle, home against Green Bay, and then maybe even home against Chicago, depending on where they are at in the standings. Mm-hmm. Those four games are going to tell us everything we need to know about the validity of these last three games. So, I mean, I don't think we have to do a lot of hand-wringing and dissecting of, well, how how for real is Kirk in these three games? I mean, he's going to get a shot on national TV against winning teams, playoff teams, a handful of times the rest of the season, and it'll all play itself out. Yeah, we're going to find out if it's for real. But the biggest praise I give to the Vikings... If you look in, I, I saw this tweet earlier today from Roto World that was doing some digging on play action and 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 Kirk Cousins uh, and the Vikings offense was operating with a twenty seven percent play action rate uh, in terms of play calling the first four weeks of the season twenty six twenty seven percent that number has almost doubled in the last three weeks and the comparison I brought up to Rami earlier today on Score North Live you guys remember in fact I found the perfect movie for Sylvester Stallone here Rami all right. Sylvester Stallone in the early 90s went from Rocky and Rambo, baby, right? We're going to pack the theaters, Rocky and Rambo. Yep. And there's like 14 Rocky and Rambo movies historically. And then in the early 90s, he was, was he like... just going back and forth between Rockies and Rambos? Pretty much. Like yeah, between was, those out, And the arm wrestling movie. The Rambos were outstanding. Yeah. Oh, the arm Over wrestling the top. stunk. Hey. That was bad. How dare you, sir? R- Rambo, great though. How dare Love you, Love John sir. Rambo. I will arm wrestle he, you He never right talked. John Rambo... Sylvester Stallone's honor. Stallone basically didn't have a script. Yeah. No. Bang, bang. Yeah. <laughs> You're dead. And then in the, in the early 90s, yep. he decided, all right, I'm rich. I've done a bunch of Rocky and Rambo movies. I'm going to get squirrely with Stop or My Mom Will Shoot and a bunch of other comparable movies. Mm-hmm. And terrible reviews and everything. Kirk Cousins, noon games, and play action. If you keep Kirk Cousins in the noon block of games yep. where he's an outstanding quarterback, pressure-free for the most part, and play action pass where he's the most comfortable and it's very scripted and there's less of a chance of getting bull rushed by a defender. Yep. He's outstanding. Sylvester Stallone, put him in a Rocky movie, put him in a Rambo costume, and you can't go wrong at the box. But office. these last three games, though, what what I like about all three is they make sense. What I'm saying is that they were taking a designed, a flawed design to cousins for basically four weeks and being like, okay, let's do do this. Here's my contention. Kubiak gets here and installs installs his scheme. And they take it to Kirk. Kirk's like, okay, cool, yeah, yeah, that, that's great. And Mike says, Zim says, but but we're, we're going to run a lot, right? And Kubiak's like, yeah, okay, Mike, we'll, we'll run. And so week one, in 2019, guys, Kirk Cousins attempts 12 passes, okay? Now, nobody in their right mind said, well, that's normal, 12 passes. They won, though. And so I think they got through four weeks of some good and some bad. But none of it really designed to get the best consistently from the quarterback. 
And after that, Diggs was like, what are you doing? And and it, it's very important that Diggs did not turn on Kirk one bit. Diggs turned on the scheme, rightfully right. so, and said, this makes no sense. These three games are impressive. They assure nothing for Washington. They assure nothing for KC, Seattle, and on and on. But I think if you're a Vikings fan, what you like is they're now doing things that make make complete sense. And my guess is because Mike gets mad, but I think he does. I think I think he's smart enough to adjust. My guess is at some point in time, Kubiak probably went and said, "Mike, Dalvin's good. We know Dalvin's good, and Dalvin's going to be important." Okay, but Kirk can do some things, and this is the first time. These last three games, it's the first time consistently since Kirk signed here where he has been treated like he needs to be instead of either with uh, with with Flip last year. He's a star quarterback, so he's just in shotgun. It's going to work. No, it doesn't work. Or, oh, my God, he's incapable. Just hand it to Delvin. Correct. It's a perfect so, mix. So these last three games, schematically, so forget forget the talent, which is pretty good, around him. Yes, it's a perfect mix of... This makes sense. And we all watch it and go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. He had seven games last year where he threw the ball 40 times or more. So basically, in half the Vikings games last year, Kirk Cousins was shouldering the majority of the playload, 40-plus passes. He had two games where he was throwing 50 times, 55 times, and they get the game flow dictates. If you're like the Buffalo game last year, if you're down 14 nothing early, okay. You're going to throw a lot. Game flow might dictate sure. that. He has not thrown 40 passes in a game this year. Again, they, you know, and they jumping out in front early helps, and so game flow definitely matters. But I feel like I feel like Judd kind of nailed it in that he's not Christian Ponder or Trent Dilfer. Like you're not going to just insulate him and hand the ball off and just pray. But he's also not Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady up here. And so if you can get him to throw between 25 and 35 passes in a game, and then maximize what you're doing with those passes by Correct. giving him the things that he does best. Little bootlegs, Deep play passes. action, and throw the ball down the field. Yes, forty yards in the air, and that's what they've been doing the last three weeks. So. And we saw what this offense is capable of in a game where they run and pass successfully. We hadn't seen that yet. Before this, Dalvin Cook had a big game. Kirk Cousins didn't. Kirk Cousins had a big game. Dalvin Cook didn't. Yesterday, they had their pass and their run game going. And I think a lot of this is just the process of of gelling with the new offensive coordinator and Gary Kubiak looking over his shoulder everybody trying to learn that you have rookies and new pieces that you're that you're trying to to acclimate to everything i mean there were the, you had an offensive line that was that was overhauled there were a lot of moving pieces here that were all trying to get better at the same time and trying to get better together at the same time because that every, it's a it's a domino effect when you're when you're playing football if one guy misses an assignment especially on the o line that can mess things up for everybody else so i think that a lot of this has just been the natural process of the vikings figuring this thing out running into some some bad defenses and maybe maybe yeah stefan diggs was was the squeaky wheel that that got the attention and got this thing going but i think there are a lot of factors that that have gotten them here part of that is they faced some bad football teams so are you guys jonathan sent us this article today uh was it jonathan somebody sent us an article at 538 oh paul black paul black that's right always looking out for us sorry jonathan uh you sent a great prep note too just paul black sent us the one that we're going to get into right here and it's a it's a 538 sort of like Q&A or chat, and they're mm-hmm. going over this, the true Super Bowl contenders, and a couple of the 538 people said in the NFC, Saints and Vikings. The Saints and the Vikings are the two teams on that list. So my, here's my question to you guys. We're going to go one, one of two. There's no, no gray area here. 
you have to base this answer off of what you know about the Vikings through the first seven games so far, and, and in particular what we've seen in the last three games. If you had to choose right now, and you can only choose one of these two options, have the Vikings turned a corner and are now Super Bowl contenders, so that's option one, Super Bowl contenders, or option two, with all these tough games on the schedule and primetime games, and you got at Dallas, at Seattle, at Kansas City, you still have Green Bay, Chicago, they will finish 9-7 and seven and <laughs> miss the playoffs in a crowded NFC. What's more likely? That they've turned a corner, and this is it, and here they go, and they're one of the two teams to beat in the NFC, or three teams, Packers probably in that mix, or that this is the peak, and it's just beating up on mediocre opponents in that noon time slot, which Kirk Cousins is very comfortable with. I, I would qualify it with saying, I really... I tr- my true belief is there somewhere in between. If you're making, no, 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 if no, you're no. making, you're gonna me, pick, if you're, you're, gonna if you're making me pick between the two, <laughs> I'd say nine and seven and just missing the playoffs no. is more likely. Wow! So I have to if come along making, and be if the you're making, positivity if guy. You're making me pick between the two. They, so you're not. You're not. So you're not buying into the last three games. No. Here's why I will. Because if the rest of the schedule had defenses that were elite across the board. Like, let's say there were six really good teams left. Defensive just shut down. I'd be like, nine and seven probably. But there's not. They've turned a corner in part because it's favorable. Look look at that schedule and you tell me how many defenses are in a place to stop these guys. Like a Bears like week four, oh, you are in so much top performance. Yeah, by the way, the Bears. They play at Washington I mean, on we'll, Thursday. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about Ronnie's Bears at some point. Here. Station. We don't even have to talk yeah, about the three, it. The three of us could get together and beat Washington on Thursday. Yeah. Like the Vikings could take the night off. And I'm not saying. Adam Thielen, by the way, don't just oh, don't even no, just no, chill not, out yeah, all week. He's no not, reason. He, he went home. I'm not even saying that what we've seen isn't for real from the Vikings last three weeks. I'm just saying it's too early to tell. And if you're asking me to buy or sell right now, I'm not. I can't buy. As far as them as Super Bowl contenders, I'm, okay. I'm buying based on, on the fact that the rest of their schedule gives them a great opportunity. All right, I'm going to give you guys. I'm going to give you a little fact attack here, Rami. Are oh, you boy. not going to weigh in, Matthew? No, I, I am with, oh, okay. facts, with facts. Okay. Well, got, the Minnesota I got your facts right here. The Minnesota Vikings and how, and and as I say this, how many teams fall into this category? Uh huh. Okay. The Patriots certainly do, and the 49ers might, but. The Minnesota Vikings are top three in the NFL offensively in yards per play this season. Mm -hmm. And even after yesterday's debacle defensively, which, by the way, like, they're going to have a couple defensive hiccups that happened on the road, and you won the game. Like, one of you, this is going to be one of their three huge defensive hiccups of the season, and they still won by 12 points. And they are still sixth in the NFL defensively in yards per play allowed. So offensively and defensively, Third and sixth in the NFL in those categories. You could argue that based on that fact that they, that their offense has been better than their defense this season. And so, therefore, I don't think... I know the schedule gets tougher, but I'm going to say See, it's more likely that they are now Super Bowl contenders go than that through, this is the peak. Go through the schedule right now, and you tell me how much tougher. Okay, well, let's... Okay, I'm not saying well, it's easy, but it's also... Actually, let's make... Because we did this last week when Rami was out yes. on Friday. Just speed through this real quick. Oh, that's okay? right. Off right. the top of your head, wins and losses. Okay. Off the top of your head, okay? Yes. So right now, they are... Uh, they're 5 and 2, right? 1, mm-hmm. 2, 4, 5. We'll start up there. Okay. Uh, home against Washington on Thursday. <laughs> Win. Let's say Pat Mahomes does not play. You get 10 days to prepare for a Pat Mahomes-less Kansas City team, although it is a road game. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. 
I'm assuming Pat Mahomes isn't playing. He's not going to play. I'll give him a win. At Dallas. That's a Sunday night game. That's a loss. Yep. I agree with that. Yep. Good. Home against Denver. Win. (laughs) Then we get a bye week. So two weeks to prepare for at Seattle on a Monday night. Loss. Home against Detroit. Win. At the Los Angeles Chargers, which, oh my God, what a brutal way to lose a football game yesterday. Yeah, they had also, like, they, had, they thought they won the game. Also, not that good a team right now. Mm-hmm. That's probably a win. Okay. Home against Green Bay? I'm going to put that one down as a loss. And home against the Chicago Bears? Loss. Look at you. It's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. That yeah, that was, see come on. Let's, let's. Take out that last one. You can't. Hey, it's ridiculous. Your you team, can't, you can't, Mitch you Trubisky can't, coming you can't into that place. My Your answers. These are my answers. Your head coach has lost his mind. You can't okay. change my answers. Even with you purposely manipulating those last two yes. games, you have him as a ten and six I team. Have, I didn't purposely manipulate with the last conscious two games. manipulation. You know what? One of those last. I moved to strike. Maybe. That last. Can't the witness. My I moved to strike. My the witness's opinion. last statement on the Bears game. It's completely biased. Yeah, we should have prepped and Bears line today. Oh, wait, we did. And that'll happen at some point. <laughs> totally unnecessary. Oh, because you're going to play one. Totally unnecessary. No, not yet, because oh! we, we, do have, we do have someone on hold here. 651-646-8255. So excited. Randy in Cottage Grove. You're on with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Feeling, I'm feeling great. How are you? Uh, didn't ask you, but... <laughs> did we ask? <laughs> Nobody what asked, Randy. But we're doing okay. <laughs> we're well, Randy. What's up, bud? We started, we had a, that was a great game, first of all. Uh, we, we're learning new ways to win. Um, I like to talk about a, an unsung hero, guy who needs to be getting a little more. Uh, you need to uh, pimp him, as you say, pimp him a little, a little more publicity, and that's Besai Johnson. He's looking great. Yeah. He, when he came in, when uh, Adam got hurt, that I thought, here we go. This is going to be a big, big moment for this kid. And Besai, you did great. You had an awesome day. You look like a stud. You look like the real deal. That could be another steal mm. for the for, for Rick. I love that player. Beside Johnson, Beside Johnson. Yeah, it's a good player. He's really good. Really, really good. Okay, a couple other observations. Number one, I got a guy that I work with. I ain't gonna name names, but he likes to chirp about the uh, the Pack, Green Bay Packers. Uh, they look they look like trash against the Lions. Okay, that wasn't. They, they didn't even have a shot to win that game if it wasn't for the zebras, okay? And and we should have beaten them there, too. I, I, that, that game was a was a gimme. We smoked them and then blew it, blew it, okay? They, they, they are not a good team, okay? They played a, a hapless Raiders team. And I'm going to tell you right now, okay, right now, Doug, if, if you, or, or whoever might be listening about this, I don't know what we're going to do when we play the Packers again from an offensive standpoint, but I'll tell you what, we're going to win. We're going to kick their ass. I'm looking so far ahead. They say week to week. <laughs> that game is going to be for everything. Whoever wins that game is going to finish 12-4, and four, maybe 13-3. and three. I don't even know if I see two losses leading into that game, and I certainly don't see one that day. So, skull, get ready, because the rest of this whole thing is going to be a sprint. Hey, Randy, Randy, before you go, hey, Kirk Cousins... Three thirty-seven, four touchdowns, no picks. How'd that make yeah, that, you? How'd that make you feel? Snug. I, I that that made me feel snug. The whole game, my 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 buddies and I were looking around. Even in the first quarter, I said, I got a feeling that this game 
is going to be tightening some of my trousers around this bar, and it did. It absolutely did. And I'll tell you what, guys. We do purple uh, purple victory shots at, at the place that I watch, and every time there's a touchdown, there's another shot goes around. And I'll tell you this. They want to start winning with offense? That is fine with us because our bar tab is going to be a little lighter, okay? And then when, the, when they start to air it out and we all get snug and those shots are flying around the bar, there ain't nothing better than Vikes football. School. Oh, no, I wanted to ask him what's in a purple victory shot. You got to cut in there real quick before he hangs up. He say, did he say something about <laughs> Kirk Cousins making him tighten, tighten the trousers? Yeah. Is that what he said? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Tight, tighten the trousers? <laughs> yeah. Go Vikings, let's win this game. Go Vikings on every game. Can we trademark that? I never knew what he meant. Can we trade? Can we trademark that for the playoff run? I never knew what he meant, but it made me feel snug. No, you do. You do. (laughs) Hold on a second. You do know. That makes sense. I'm talking about a T-shirt here. The Titan, the Challengers T-shirt. I mean, how does this not work out as a perfect T-shirt? Every male, 18 to 32, will buy it. Heck, I might buy it in almost 50. Jonathan, would you wear a Tight in the Trousers t-shirt? I absolutely would. (laughs) Yeah, I'm into. What the hell? We got to make this. I'm not kidding. This would sell. Oh, for sure. Can we make this happen, Phil? Yeah, we'll make this happen. Oh, man. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Hopefully our show makes you feel snug as well. And if it doesn't, well, we apologize. When we come back... It's too bad we don't have a diehard Bears fan around here that we can make fun of after yesterday. Oh, wait. That's right. Rami's here. Uh, let's talk about Federated Mutual Insurance Company first, that's though. That's not what I came here for. That's okay. Lock the doors. Keep it <laughs> too late. That's why we're here. Federated has been around helping business owners since the early 1900s. It's a Minnesota-based company right here in Owatonna, just south of the Twin Cities by about an hour. And they do two things. They help business owners make their businesses as as successful as they can be. And they also raise a lot of money for great causes. Like, for instance, as a proud partner of University of Minnesota Athletics and Turnovers for Kids, for every forced turnover by the Gophers defense, and there are a couple of them in that game on Saturday, Federated donates $1,000 to Big Brothers Big Sisters. They've raised millions of dollars over the years, tens of millions of dollars for great causes. And they apply that same dedication to your business. You can go to the website, federatedinsurance.com, to find out more about the industries Federated protects and to find your local Federated marketing representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Listen to Score North with Amazon Alexa. Just say, Alexa, open Score North, and you'll hear the soothing sounds of Purple Daily, Mackie and Judd with Rami, and more. Just say, Alexa, open Score North. They fake it to him, and they throw it out to the rookie, B.C. Johnson. And he is into the end zone with his first career touchdown. On second goal, they go on the play action again. This time for him, and he's in for the touchdown. When he's not blocking, he can also catch it. Five-yard touchdown grab for C.J. Ham. Beside Johnson. <laughs> oh, it's not... What, what did Randy say? Beside Johnson. It's not BC. What did Randy say? Beside. Beside. Beside Johnson. Yeah, everyone knows that. Johnson. Yeah. He's a heck of a player. Yeah. Beside These Johnson. These announcers better recognize and respect because that dude's going places. <laughs> All right. Those announcers yesterday, wow. Actually, uh, I didn't have as big of a problem as as other people did with Chris Spielman once he nailed the Stefan Diggs play action I mean, to basically yeah, he dagger got, the game. He got, that, he, he got yeah, that right. He Tony Romo that he call got, he and got, no one's giving got, him credit, okay, man. He got one. 
but how how on earth did he think that Laquan Treadwell, his brother, is the GM of the Vikings? He thought that Laquan Treadwell was the was after Thielen got hurt, the third receiver. Yeah, did he say like Laquan Treadwell time or something? Well, yeah, because because at first they're like, well, BB's out. That's really going to hurt him. And Laquan Treadwell, it's like, do you, it's your brother, call him up? Is it possible that Rick's secrecy spills over into his family too? That even when Chris shoots him a text and says, hey, chart? I'm doing the game this no, week. No, you can't see a depth chart. Uh, tell me about your backup wide receivers. He's like, nope. I just hate so. color analysts who are like spitting cliches and platitudes without, with clearly without putting any thought into it. At one point, I think it was when Adam Thielen got hurt. He goes, you know, you don't want to fall back on it, but uh, when one guy gets hurt, <laughs> yeah, that's why you're a football player. It's ne- it's next guy up. So you're a football player to get hurt. Is that what you just said, Chris Spielman? That's what. That's why you're a football player is to get hurt, and now it's next guy up. Like, just think, put some thought into the words that are coming out of your mouth instead of spitting out things you've heard other well, listen, football people Rami, say before. Rami, Rami, when a football player takes the football field, we all know that football ensues. Okay. And so you go Fair out enough. there with what that ball. ball. <laughs> Your goal every Sunday is to win that game, and it's a football game. Come on! Football! Football! Yeah. Football! Yeah! Football! Yeah. Football! And he just did that the whole game. Like, if you listen to Chris Spielman, he's, he says nothing while saying a lot. He says absolutely nothing with a lot of words. With a huge, massive, oversized suit, too. <laughs> Well, it's because he. Did you see how big that suit was? He's the that big was, guy. That was straight from. That's what. That's what Manny speculated earlier today on Score North Live. He that's said, an old suit. It's probably a suit from like twenty years ago that he paid ten grand for, and yeah. now he's just smaller. Yeah, I'm sure he lost a lot of weight. Still rocks it. He's like, this looks good. Yeah. It's like, no, it's really drapey. That looks good. All right, Rami, it's time for what? For me to leave? For Bears cool. Line. If I'm Chase, I'm having a meeting with him tomorrow morning. We discussed to draft Montgomery. And he can't figure out a way to use David Montgomery right from the start to commit to the run for a change. I really feel bad. And, you know, Walter Payton must be rolling in his grave right now. Wow. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> By the way, these are all courtesy of WGN and the score in Chicago. Wow. Walter Payton is rolling over in his grave. I mean, dude, what happened? What happened? Mitch Trubisky was back. You're playing a home game against your your guy, overrated Teddy Bridgewater, right? Mediocre Teddy. Yeah. He's mediocre Teddy. Looked mediocre yesterday throwing, <laughs> throwing dimes on that Bears defense. I had that coming. I had that one coming. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. Bop, bop, bop. You're looking at me for answers. Just admit that Mitch is horrible and that Matt Nagy's a fraud. No. <laughs> no. No. You can't just admit that. No. I like the guy. No. Can we admit to one of them that Mitch Trubisky is horrible? Let's just admit to that. <laughs> to me, most of this falls on Matt Nagy right now. I don't know if you guys are really looking for to me for answers if you just want to keep playing calls from Chicago, but to me, a lot of this is falling on Matt Nagy. admit that Mitch is horrible and that Matt Nagy's a fraud? No. Uh, yeah, and again, you're going to get your time, but Matt Nagy is not a fraud. He's a very hard-working football coach who is the reigning NFL coach of the year, 
and he's having a rough patch, and he's not doing a very good job. But we're not going to start calling name <laughs> names here. It's just, it's just he doesn't deserve that. Accolades aside, accolades aside, uh, Andy Reid was happy to get rid of him. The guy no, missed. Called now, if all you want those... to continue this, if you want to continue okay. this, right. we're going to either talk about stuff that's real or we're going to say goodbye. Okay. Andy so, Reid so was not happy. To... As a matter of fact, Andy Reid called him the best and most prepared assistant coach to be a head coach he'd ever had. So again, you know, feel free to be upset, but but let's not start with the, the fake news, if you will. I can't believe I said fake news, but I did. <laughs> Go ahead. You still there? Probably should be gone just as well. <laughs> Markage. Getting feisty. I'm, I'm siding with the caller on that one. That caller was, he wasn't screaming, he wasn't yelling, he had some points. <laughs> I mean, he was just pulling out facts and takes from nowhere. <laughs> Maybe. Okay, so what is, okay, so the floor is yours here. You got a bunch of excited Vikings fans, five and two. Mm-hmm. The Bears are really the last major blip on the Vikings schedule. And I think Vikings fans and the Vikings would love another crack at Chicago, like the ASAP. Sure. Um, have you lost faith in the I mean, Bears as contenders in the AFC? I, I mean, what? no. They started last season three and three, and there's a, a much different feeling in the air now than there was last year at three and three. But my point is, three and three is not the end of your season. It can be turned around. We were just talking about how terrible the Vikings were just three weeks ago, and it's a completely different story and different narrative now. But there's no doubt that they're struggling, especially offensively, and I think that falls right now on Matt Nagy because, A, his play calling has been uninspired, and if you're not impressed by the development of Mitchell Trubisky, that's Matt Nagy's job. That's why he was hired by the Chicago Bears. And is he Patrick Mahomes? No, he doesn't have those tools. He's not that athletic. Is he Deshaun Watson? No. Is and he Aaron Rodgers? No. For, is he that, Matt Stafford? No, Kirk I, Cousins? I picked Deshaun. those two guys because they were picked in the same in the draft the Rich same Ferragamo. year as him. And that'll forever be hung on him. But the fact Mitchell Trubisky doesn't look a whole lot better now. Actually, he doesn't look better at all now than he did when Matt Nagy first got his hands on him. Doesn't bode well. Also, what that call a reference there that Walter Payton is spinning in his grave they used their their first pick in the second round and traded up to get that pick to draft David Montgomery. And we heard all preseason Matt Nagy raving about David Montgomery, that he is pro-ready. They barely played him in the preseason because Matt Nagy said he is ready for the NFL game. He ran the ball seven times in the entire game yesterday and a game that was close into the third quarter. You put your quarterback, who's non-throwing shoulder is in a harness and clearly doesn't feel safe running with the football, which is one of his weapons as a quarterback. You put him and your offensive line in a terrible spot, and you put your defense in a terrible spot by making them carry you for a season and a half now, and I think that's starting to weigh on those guys, and you're seeing a softened and fatigued defense because they've just been asked to do too much for a season and a half. I wasn't planning on rapping. I think we are in full panic mode with this football team, and more specifically, this Bears offense, which is completely lost and has absolutely zero evidence to show that it's going to improve. You're telling me you weren't encouraged by the two late touchdowns? <laughs> no. In the uh, final, what, four minutes there? No. Not no, even no, counting. No, they don't count. They yeah. don't count. They don't. I think the Bears lost by 11, correct? They were blown out today. <laughs> Yeah. The more yeah. accurate way to explain They got their butts kicked, it Adam. It was a blowout. Bear down, Chicago. 
Does this not feel ponder-like right now? With Trubisky? Yeah. I, I mean, I've I been mean, saying that li- for two years. No, but listening yeah. to these people talk about it. That's the thing. Being lost. There, there's a difference between struggling and saying it might be okay and saying that team looks lost. Well, and you know, back to what Rami was saying about Matt Nagy. Okay, yeah, Matt Nagy was hired to be a guru and to take Mitch Trubisky and develop him. And I guess my point of contention would be if a quarterback isn't good enough or can't read through defenses, then... Like, there was no offensive coordinator or quarterbacks coach that was going to turn Christian Ponder into a franchise quarterback. It just wasn't going to happen. And I believe that Mitch Trubisky is much more Christian Ponder than anybody else. Uh, so I know a guy in Mississippi who could easily come up to Chicago and <laughs> save the day. Am I ready? I don't know. Perhaps. He's literally holding up a picture. I'm holding up a picture of Brett Favre. Right Can't you see him wearing the four? The Bears four? Can't you see him? I mean, uh, okay, who would you rather have if given three weeks runway to prepare for the second half of the season? 50-year-old Brett Favre or Mitch Trubisky? I don't think 50-year-old Brett Favre wants anything to do with Chicago no. winners. Did you see Brett Favre in the cold in the last two years of his career? And the game in Chicago at the end uh, that w- where he was playing for the Packers, that one game, he did, that was where I knew it was done. That dude, like more than anything, I don't think he minds the hits. Well, you know what? I don't think he minds the concussions, you know the what, injuries. Phil? I just thought of something. The losing, the criticism. He hates the cold. Well, hold on a second. So why, why didn't the Bears put a roof on it? You know, if the Bears had put a roof on Soldier Field when they redid it. My thing is stadiums that were built in the uh, late 19th, early 20th century. Or late 20th, early 21st century. <laughs> hey, the new, the new just Soldier... remodel it? Yeah, the new Soldier Field could take a roof completely. Hey, I'm not against it. Put a roof on it. Cool. Would I come back then? Absolutely. By the way, had the Twins uh, moved to the World Series since you brought it up, Judd? How about this weather here? Because uh, the first two games of the World Series would have been here in the Twin Cities. Deflection. This is deflection. Mm, no, I'm with you. I'm agreeing with you. Put at, a roof on I'm it. I'm at peace with it. If it's raining, that's fine. I can still see the skyline from where I sit. That's great. <laughs> Actually, you can't today. Have you seen how cloudy <laughs> it is out there? You can't even see the skyline today. Yeah. It's starting to peek out a little can. bit. I can see a little bit. Like, my, where I'm conflicted here is... The Bears team that we saw beat the Vikings and make the Vikings look terrible a few weeks ago, is that Bears team still in there somewhere? I mean, it's to, to watch the way the Bears played yesterday and to watch the way the Vikings have played the last few weeks, I guess I would lean more toward that was a bad blip for the Vikings. You know what's shocking most the most of, to me in that game, that Vikings-Bears game, and, and now in retrospect, is that the Vikings weren't able to run the ball. Because the Bears didn't have Akeem Hicks for that game. And these last two games against the Raiders and now this week, we've seen teams just slice and dice right through the middle of that Bears defense. They look soft up the middle without Akeem Hicks. And I'm shocked that of all teams that couldn't take advantage of that, it was the Vikings with Dalvin Cook. Yeah, Looking back on it, that doesn't make any sense. Remember we were saying, man, that Bears defense yeah. up front is Deep. They didn't have Akeem Hicks, and they were still cycling guys through there that the Vikings had no answers for. Yeah, I, I'd love to. I mean, obviously, they're going to get a chance later in the season, and I think it's going to be more on the Bears to be relevant in Week 17, like the, just with, based on the records right now, because uh, the Vikings should be relevant in, in the late uh, stages of December at this point. But I'd love to see the Vikings' current approach offensively, which is just... It's more play action, it's more balance, and it's catering to the strengths of Kirk Cousins it's some quicker passes than too. when they played against Chicago. I think they were to apply that exact same strategy offensively yes. in that game a month ago. Their game plan in Chicago was terrible. And I think that they finally said, we can't continue to do this. It's a bad plan. I think if they if 
they went into the Bears game like they did yesterday, Philly, or the Giants game, I think they score 17 points. And again, you needed 17 points. Yeah, You didn't need 30. You no, needed 17. The Bears are the only team in the NFL offensively to not have a 300 total yard game so far this year. I the Vikings had 500 yesterday. Your guy's, pro- your guy's problem, though, is that Nagy has been in his own head since last year came to an end. The fact that he kept showing players the double doink game and the fact that he obsessed about the kicker, that guys, that's Childress like. And that's another guy that worked for Reed. But that's very Childress like that he got so in his own head. Like, why would you show that game? It doesn't matter. It's done. It doesn't help you. It's a double doink field goal. I mean, it's a fluky, unfortunate thing. But it that would be like if Zim was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to show the Blair Walsh game again, and it doesn't do any good. Yeah, there's I, no there's no upside to it. And now even I, I'll lump the Vikings in with this too because the Packers look incredible, and Aaron Rodgers was was great yesterday. I mean, it's not like the Packers are going to roll off. I don't think, anyways, a big losing streak. The Packers are six and one right now. They're three and zero in the division, and. If I'm the Vikings and the Bears, I'm looking at that. I mean, the, 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 do, do the Bears have any realistic shot to catch the Packers now that they're two and a half games back in the division halfway through? The Packers, are, I mean, it's a long shot. So, like, the Bears are playing for a wild card. Although, one thing quickly, the Packers' second half schedule is basically road, 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 road. They've got a weird... They, they were home for, like, something like, what, five of the first seven games or something? It's really odd. The one thing is they've got to travel a lot now. Yeah, they have... That's interesting. It's yeah, a really the, they, a weird schedule. They blip. played uh, three consecutive home games between weeks two and four. Then they were on the road at Dallas, then back-to-back home games. So they get... Starting this week, they go road Kansas City, road LA Chargers, home against Carolina, and then road San Francisco, road New York... And then to end the season, road Minnesota, road Detroit. Yep. So that San Francisco game, that's one of those games that at the beginning when the schedules come out, you say, ah, San Francisco, right? Yeah, not anymore. Right. Not with that defense. So all right, we're going to let Jonathan put a season to bed before the hour is over. And we'll talk to Tom Pelissero from NFL Network, Pelissero's NFL Insights. Vikings improved to 5-2. and two. Full coverage at scorenorth.com, S-K-O-R-North.com. If you want to listen to Vikings Vent Line, Judd has been staring at that Brett Favre picture like in a creepy and makes me happy way. It makes me very happy. He set Brett. it up right in front of his microphone. Does that Brett Favre and photo make been, you feel snug, Judd? It absolutely does. <laughs> Holding a purple jersey, very odd. You want to know what makes me feel snug? What's that? Uh, no, I got to go by the feeling of a 2019 Toyota Rav4 XLE underneath my derriere. Okay, Heated that's, seats. That's right. too far. That's, that's right. Far. I'm sure they love this advertisement. Telling you, it's one of the best vehicles in the world right now. (laughs) Sure. With the heated seats that I'm going to be rocking here in a couple months and four-wheel drive, (laughs) my derriere is going to be very warm, as warm as I want it to be. There's also all kinds of deals happening at LutherBrookdaleToyota.com right now. With the last chance 2019 Toyota Tacoma closeout, get into a brand new 2019 Tacoma uh, 4x4 double cab. Only six of them left, according to their website right now. You can... Uh, stop by tonight, open until 9 o'clock. You get uh, 1.9% APR financing for 60 months, some special lease pricing. And again, you got to call or uh, you can call us 877-450-2637 or the best way to do it is just to stop in. Like I said, open until 9 o'clock tonight. Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 in Brooklyn Boulevard. 
Jonathan here with the Score North download. Score North has already run contests for $50,000 in cash, and we're regularly giving away tickets to local games, gift cards, local restaurants, and much, much more. But in order to reap these rewards, you must have the Score North app available right now for free in the Apple or Google Play stores. And uh, Tom Pelissero reporting earlier today that an MRI showed Vikings wide receiver Adam Thielen's pulled hamstring isn't a serious injury, but he's unlikely to play Thursday again. That play, he injured that hamstring on this play. In the backfield, Alexander Madison, Thielen in motion. They fake the give to Madison. Cousins from the end zone. Is it caught? Yes, and what a catch by Adam Thielen, and what a throw by Kirk Cousins. Cousins didn't seem to miss Thielen for the rest of the day as he threw three more touchdown passes after that. And here's what he had to say about losing Thielen in the offense. You know, Diggsy stepping up, Ola B.C. Johnson, Irv Smith, Kyle Rudolph did a great job. Uh, even Tyler Conklin, you know, we really called on him quite a bit in protection. You know, when you run the football well, it also takes pressure off of that loss. And, uh, you know, Treddy stepped up, did a great job getting lined up in some unique formations and uh, proud of the way those guys responded and, and showed up. That's been your Score North Download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. All right, thank you, Jonathan. Mackie and Judd with Rami, Score North, Score North app, Vikings Ventline. You can find the, the post-game episode from yesterday and uh, also this morning, two hours. Every time the Vikings play, the next day we have a two-hour Vikings Ventline session uh, if you want to let your frustration out. I don't think there's a lot to be frustrated out the last three weeks, so it's just a lot of people celebrating mostly, right, Jen? Vent your joy. That's what I said yesterday. Vent your joy about the game. Yeah. Kirk Cousins also, so we said earlier in the show, he's number one in the NFL among quarterbacks in traditional passer rating. He's number one in the NFL yards per attempt as well. So this play action, throw the ball deep thing is very much working, and uh, it's working to the tune of some of Kirk Cousins' best numbers that he's ever put up in his career. And now... It's just a matter of, you know, we'll see what happens on Thursday night. It's a terrible Washington team. Thielen's not going to play, and sometimes Thursday night games get weird, but you should win that game. But then at Kansas City, at Dallas, soon after the bye week, you play at Seattle. And uh, that's, to me, like, there's been a lot of people chirping at uh, me for sure in the last 24 hours. Heard what you said about Cousins. You were out on Cousins a few weeks ago. I think it's possible to praise him and say this is an amazing three-game stretch no NFL quarterback in history has put up the quarterback rating and uh, and the the just the sheer amount of yards that he has put up in the last three weeks. But also say, all right, there's going to be some primetime games on the horizon and some chances for you to check boxes that you haven't really checked much in your career. It's, it's okay to say both of those things, I think, anyways. Absolutely. What do you guys think? Yeah. There is, I think we're in the gray area with Kirk Cousins right now. Like, we don't, we still don't know. Can he do it in primetime? Can he do it against good defenses? Can he bring this team back from, from being down big? Can he do it when a team shuts down the run game? Those are the questions that you have for Kirk Cousins. And has he answered those yet? No, not really. Plus, if a guy plays well, you praise him and say, he played great, fantastic. And if he doesn't, you can't. I mean, I coming out of that Bears game, what did people want? Oh, Cousins is going to be fine. That offense looked lost. Listen. It's this simple. When one of your star players goes AWOL for two days, something's really wrong. Like, you can't be there. I don't I don't think personally that you can sit there and say, you know, it's all going to be fine. It's going to be, you have no clue. So the key is, show me. You did once, you did twice, you did three times, continue. Yeah, also, I don't know. That's a very fair ask. And I don't know what, you know, the exact inner workings behind the scenes the last three weeks between Mike Zimmer, Gary Kubiak, and Kevin Stefanski, but... To go where they were performance-wise 
and just drama conflict-wise with Stefan Diggs getting fined $200,000 for skipping out on everything for a couple of days and Adam Thielen's public comments and just everything that happened and how poorly they played. For all of them to clearly put their heads together schematically and just like in terms of connecting with each other as people in a workplace and do what they've done the last three weeks, I don't know how you divvy up the pie chart of bl- the pie chart of praise in that regard, but Mike Zimmer as a head coach on down to Kevin Stefanski as the as the uh, the guy who calls the actual plays, I think those guys all deserve a ton of credit. I heard some sound bites today on Score North Live of Mike Zimmer sounding downright chipper. You were there, the one the one that we opened the show with. I mean, the happiest that I've heard Mike Zimmer since coming to Minnesota. Yeah, he's he's played very well. He's playing the best I've seen him play, you know, since he's been here, obviously. And uh, you know, it's a credit to him. It's a credit to offensive coaches what they're what they're doing and. Uh, you know, I, I feel like we're playing to his strength. But it was a, a darn good win, good win on the road. Listen to this guy. Um, Cheery. You know, we keep finding ways to win, different ways to win, and that's important for him. Well, it was, uh, we wanted to stay aggressive. Um, you know, they were moving the ball really well, and we felt like we had to. You know, as a play that we had up off of a play action, and uh, and we had a chance to get digs in space. So there wasn't much conversation. It was like, don't, hey, we didn't come here to, to cower down. We came here to try and hit it. Do you think he laid the hammer down behind the scenes, or you think he just went with Chipper Mike Zimmer and let all the drama uh, flow by? After week four? Yeah. Or what? No, I think they came to Mike and said, Mike, we can't just run. I, I think the play calling these last three games, and especially on Sunday, and that play, that deep shot to Diggs, is the best play calling that we've seen in this town since Shermer. I mean, Case Keenum didn't have a great year because it was this magical, he is a Hall of Fame quarterback, and now he's not. He just draws plays up in the dirt by himself. Pat Shermer's play calling in 17 was off the charts. And the play calling that we saw on Sunday in Detroit was fantastic. That deep shot to Diggs takes guts and balls to call, but Cousins can throw that ball. That's the thing about it. Like, that's the, the acknowledgement now is... What can we do to make Kirk as successful as possible and look good? Because Kirk's got physical talents. Kirk's biggest problem is mental. And if you can get Kirk off to a solid start and and get Kirk confident and then go to, okay, what makes Kirk good? It works. But the question is, can you call those plays? And will you? And, And the best part about all of the Vikings programming on this station today is, we have probably, I, I could probably count on one hand how many times we've talked about Dalvin Cook, who had a great day. But if you think about it, right, week one, week three, Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook. Okay, that's great. But in 2019, if you don't talk about what the quarterback did, you're in trouble. And so I default back to play calling, and I say, if you if you know what you're calling and put your quarterback, Keenum or Cousins, in a position to be successful... It makes if they execute it a world of difference. Yeah, and you know, just to just to give Dalvin Cook some credit, play action doesn't work as well as it's working for the Vikings if you don't have maybe the best running back in the NFL, right? Scaring the life out of defenses. Absolutely. You have to account for that guy. I mean, if you're going to if you're going to motion like you're going to hand off to Dalvin Cook, you have to respect that if you're a defense. Which is why I never get when pe- people say, "Oh, play action, yeah, it's okay." No, if you got a guy that it works with. It's deadly. Yeah, when the Vikings were running play action with Matt Asiata as yeah, their starting okay, running back, all right, if I'm a linebacker, I'll just hang. I, you know what? I'm dropping. I can hang back here. I'm probably they'll probably tri- <laughs> they'll probably trip over the forty yard line. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. No, you're right. No, he's right. 
<laughs> Such an unnecessary shot at Matt Asiata. Yeah, there. what did he ever do to drive. you? I don't know. He seemed like a super nice guy. Got he me was. four sure touchdowns in fantasy <laughs> one week. He played for the Vikings, Rami. That's what he did to Phil. <laughs> so, all right. Mackie ends up with Rami on Score North and the Score North app. Uh, later on, we're going to let Jonathan put the Minnesota United season to bed. We have to. We haven't done this in a, in a while, and we should get back in the habit of it. Vikings nitpicks and or broadcast nitpicks. We went over a couple, but let's bring that segment back in the 5 o'clock hour after we talk to our friend Tom Pelissero from NFL Network and get his inside information about Adam Thielen's injury. He's reporting about the MRI and uh, other items around the league. Can't say that Favre has ever slapped my ass. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. <laughs> It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. In the backfield, Alexander Madison. Dealing in motion. They fake the give to Madison. Cousins for the end zone. Is it caught? Yes, and what a catch by Adam Thielen, and what a throw by Kirk Cousins. And I think what you were saying earlier about Kubiak, he is uh, implanting some great strategies. I love what Kirk Cousins is doing finally. I know everyone has been impatient with that situation, but if next year or this year we win the Super Bowl, then that $86 million was worth it, right? Absolutely. If you win a Super Bowl, yeah. yeah Retire so the number you know, eight for all I care at that point. Who cares? Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. Vikings Vetline, you can find that on demand from yesterday and from this morning. If you aren't familiar, Vikings Vetline is now six days a week, the day after Vikings games and also Monday through Friday. Uh, the weekday version is Judd Zolget and Danny Cunningham. Myself and Manny Hill are also part of the post-game edition. Anywhere you find podcasts, Vikings, Ventline, Spotify, Apple, and the Scornorth app. It's time for some NFL insights with our friend Tom Pellicer, and We have to get information about Adam Thielen's MRI and other things involving the Vikings like Kirk Cousins. But we have a really important question to ask you right now, Tom. When you do, is it related to that sound bite that I told you not to play? That you now play before every single time I'm on? <laughs> Actually, sort of, maybe, <laughs> maybe a little bit. It may be in a around, directly in a roundabout related, way. yeah, in a roundabout way. Okay, when you, what do you got, Phil? When you do your, uh, your, when you're when you're in a suit, jacket, and a tie, and you're in your home office doing a hit on NFL Network, are you wearing mesh shorts? No. And this is a common misconception. I don't know how anybody else does it. I certainly cannot speak for the Ian Rappaport's, Mike Garofolos of the world. Uh, but for me, I try to have pants on, no matter what, and shoes. I have a couple of pairs of uh, running shoes that I wear in the house that are clean, that aren't going to track dirt around. Uh, try to feel like I'm at least like a little bit uh, of an actual human being with a job and not somebody you know in their in their sweats are they the corresponding pants to the jacket like are you wearing the full suit or no, might they be no, okay no. so oh, it could be not. like sweatpants or jeans or like some flannel pants I around the christmas to, season in, i've had you know like the the running pants before i've tried you know i i bought a couple of pairs of i don't know what to call them but they're like the things that look like they they're not quite jeggings but they're like they look like jeans but they got like an elastic waist and a drawstring even that i felt like that was over the line. Now, the one key exception to this is uh, for some of those late night hits when uh, somebody you know gets signed or traded or something in the middle of the night, and I get pulled out of bed uh, the night that Le'Veon Bell signed with the Jets, and that news came out at about twelve thirty a.m. Central or something. I'd already been on TV for eighteen hours that day, had just gone to bed, popped back up, 
and did not have time. And so I remember looking down five seconds before air and just being like, well, here I am in boxer briefs. <laughs> Nothing wrong with here, that. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> I boys. thought you were going to say pajama pants. I was pants. on for over. I was on for over an hour. Wow. After that too, and just there was no no apologies. There was no break in the uh, no break in the programming. I respect that. <laughs> I don't mess shorts consistently. Yeah, but wearing, that's just yeah. I'd be wearing gym shorts or like sweatpants. I mean, I'm at home. Yeah, but have you ever tried to track like a dress shirt into shorts like that? It's just, it's not a good, like, part of it is you have to have the dress shirt be able to be, like, a flat front. I feel like if I got, if I had the elastic waistband in there, it's going to kind of crumple the front of the shirt. And even though you can't see anything from, you know, my stomach down, you're going to ultimately know something's awry. My other question was, it's not nearly as interesting, but I've always wondered this when I see you guys on TV. The wall behind you, is that, are those your trinkets, or did somebody from NFL Network come in and decorate the wall behind you in your in-home set? 95% of it is not mine. Uh, yes, there was a set designer who actually designed this uh, on multiple occasions. It went through a whole process. Uh, they brought all the triangles that are behind me that I get asked a lot about in the fake plants. The only things, as I'm looking at it here, because I'm in the office right now, but the only things that are back here that are actually mine are a couple of the records and then my starting lineup guys uh, from, like, 1989 era. <laughs> all, the, all those guys. That's why, if you ever look uh, very carefully, uh, yes, that is a Brian Bosworth on the third shelf. Wow. Awesome. Wow. Well, just remember, and we'll get into Viking stuff here, when you are trying to decide between mesh shorts or the corresponding pants to the suit that you're wearing, Tom, you should always dress for the job you want, not the job that you have. Okay? <laughs> Never gets old. Yeah. Never gets old. <laughs> All right. It's, it's so true. It's All right. So true. Adam Thielen, uh, what is the status? What are you hearing about Adam Thielen? Is it amputation or is he going to be fine? Uh, my understanding is that he had an MRI today that showed this is not a major injury. He's dealing with a m- relatively minor hamstring pull, hamstring strain. Uh, don't expect him to play on Thursday night against Washington. That would just be such a quick turnaround. But uh, the plan, as I understand it, is for him to be back for that November 3rd game uh, against the Chiefs. That's a, a big couple of games, even though no Patrick Mahomes in all likelihood for that game. Uh, but the following week, they're at Dallas, you know, two road games that are in pretty tough places to play. Uh, he's going to want to be back for those. And in fact, a- Adam Thielen was trying to come back in that game yesterday. I don't know what was shown on the TV broadcast, but I was watching him uh, from the press box through binoculars. Once he came out of the tent, he was running in place. He was trying to stretch out. He was having some discussions with the athletic training staff and others. In essence, what uh, Eric Sugarman and company told him was, we're, we're not letting you back on the field, dude. We're not. It's a long season. we got to protect you from yourself. Uh, and about five minutes later, gloves were off. Jersey was untucked. I was getting all these people responding to me on Twitter, making fun of me for noting that his shirt was untucked. If, he, if a guy's shirt is out, he's done. I've never seen a guy all of a sudden just be like, completely, you know, letting himself go on the sideline and come back into the game. It was it was very apparent at that point uh, that he was not going to be back. But given that this is one of your top playmakers, um, this is this is pretty good news uh, overall, especially because initially when you see him skid into that barricade, you're just thinking, did something get caught up? What what exactly uh, what exactly hit here, and is he going to be okay? So, Tom, are, are you with me on this these past three games? Because the main discussion right now is about Cousins, and he, listen, he's played great. Good for him. But 
my point is this, too. These past three games, the philosophy and scheme of, of this team has worked, and the play calling has been outstanding. So beyond Kirk, I, I also think that they got done with that Bears debacle, and I don't know exactly what the conversations were. But starting with the Giants game, they basically started to use the scheme and thought process that when Kubiak got the job, we all expected. So this isn't just a Kirk thing. Yes, Kirk's been a vital part to it, but this is also uh, this is what we thought that this offense, with all its components as well, was capable of doing. And for the last three games, they've been doing those things. Well, it's interesting, Jeb, because I, I talked with Kevin Stefanski a few days ago, and I asked him more or less the same question, which was just, you know, about the, as I put it to him, like he kind of went into the fun bag a little bit there in the Eagles game with the end rounds and the reverses and everything else. And you know, his point was just, like, this is all just based on attacking the defense's weaknesses. Like, we're not having any kind of philosophical come-to-Jesus moment here. With the Eagles, they had a penetrating defensive line that wants to get up the field. So how do you attack that? You stretch the field horizontally. You, you get the end rounds and the reverses. Uh, and they're also the Eagles are also depleted in the secondary. So you attack uh, those guys. This game against the Lions was going to be much different just because the Lions – Want to like all the Bill Belichick teams? They want to set the edge, hem, hem everything in, um, you know, and, and try to win that way. So, you know, the, the philosophy was going to be different going into this game, but I think you did see probably the best example this past week of what that scheme does. You, you talk about Gary Kubiak; he played and coached under Mike Shanahan, um, so there was that derivation of the system. Then Kyle Shanahan, Mike's son, worked for Kubiak. Kyle put his own spins on the offense. You see parts of that in what Sean McVay does, what Matt LaFleur does. But it's all based on this outside zone running that you then can use to set up play action and bootlegs the other direction. And it's much more complicated than simply, well, you're either going to hand it off or you're going to fake it. They've been hammering the details in practice through the whole offseason. It's every part of the fake. It's every guy on the field has to sell the fake. There was one play in the game yesterday I can't remember what point of the game it was, but it was the Vikings were either in the, on the edge of the red zone or just outside of the red zone. And they ran a fake zone right play to Dalvin. And I was, my eyes were on Dalvin. The crowd goes wild because Snacks Harrison pops Dalvin. And I had to then like look over. Kirk still got the ball booting left. That's how well they're selling the fakes now. It, it's everything down to, and Stefanski said this last week, the hand on the belt buckle, the offhand being in a certain place that makes it look more like a handoff. This was a big adjustment um, when Shanahan got to Atlanta because my, Matt Ryan wasn't used to playing under center. and just It's not just hitting the landmarks, which is a big part of it. In other words, getting to the exact spot where the fake or the handoff is going to take place, but it's also just the way everything looks, how the running back carries out the fake, how the offensive line carries out the fake. They did that really well. They did it on the huge second and six play last night, and you know, I asked Thielen about that. I asked Diggs about that. They both said, you know, that was something they've been working on for, you know, been hammering in practice that they wanted to be able to do, which was in that situation, they're going to, the opponent's going to sell out to stop the run. You saw the Vikings line up in three tights. That is a ballsy call to make in that situation. It's a one man pattern. Okay. Meaning Javon Diggs is the only receiver downfield. If he's covered up, or if the rush gets home, that's either an incomplete pass that stops the clock and extends the game for the Lions, which is what they want at that point, or Kirk ends up taking a sack and losing yardage. Everything had to go right, including Kirk putting that ball right on the money, Diggs making the catch, 
And that might be the most undersold difference from that Chicago game that everybody keeps going back to. You know, we can call it play calling or whatever, but Kevin Stefanski can't make that throw for Cousins on the first drive of the game where he overshoots Thielen. Stefanski can't not fumble the ball for Diggs when they finally cross midfield. But were there things they could have done differently? Sure, but they are executing what they're being told to do at a really high level. They're increasingly comfortable with all the nuances of this scheme. And, yeah, as a play caller, I'm sure that gives you a little bit more confidence in that spot, knowing what the reaction's going to be if that ball's incomplete, to call it and then have the guys execute it. That's, that's as good as it gets. Talking with Tom Pelissero of NFL Network, as we do every Monday at 5 here on Mackie and Judd with Rami. One part of the scheme that I think is is drastically improved, but it's it's hard to tell from sitting at home and watching on TV, Tom. It looks like the offensive line the guys are blocking better individually, and they're blocking better as a unit and picking up the zone blocking that Gary Kubiak and Kevin Stefanski brought in with them. There's no question. I mean, they have a, a line that's they're not small, but they're you know certainly they have more athletic traits than they do power traits. That's what you want in zone running because the short version to explain this would be you have combo blocks on the front side of the play. There's not a specific gap like you get in gap scheme plays. Basically, the, it's up to the running back to identify where the hole is going to take place. And then ideally, you have you know combo blocks on the front side, and then one of the two players in that combo block will slide off and take the linebacker. That's why you need an offensive lineman who can move, and that's why you want a one-cut running back like Dalvin Cook who can quickly get north and south uh, when he gets onto the perimeter. It, it does play to their strengths, but again, it, it comes back to – the base philosophy of the scheme is it kind of eases pressure on everybody. You should be able to create open receivers because you're going to see favorable matchups in the box. You should also be able to create, ideally, when it's working right, this wave effect out in front of the play where somewhere along the line, again, it doesn't have to be the specific hole. You're not just going for one spot that's going to be an off-tackle play. It's There's going to be an opening somewhere based on where those combo blocks hit the defensive front. Uh, they've been doing that really well, no question. I mean, that's why they drafted Garrett Bradbury. That's why they Signed Josh Klein. Uh, that's why I felt Elfline was going to be a better fit uh, at the right guard position. Riley Reef continues to get by. He's probably a little bit more athletic than uh, people realize, and and they got a really good athletic right tackle in Brian O'Neill. Now the Lions' front, when they're fully healthy, is really good. They're not fully healthy right now. Snacks has not looked quite like himself so far. They don't have Deshaun Hand, you know, but. You play the guys who are on the other side of you. What you should do, you know, ask football outsiders about this. What you should do is dominate inferior opponents. That's the mark of the best teams. It's not just being able to win close games. It's when you face a team that's not as good as you, you dominate them. Defensively, the Vikings had a couple of letdowns yesterday. You can't overlook that. I mean, there were a couple of clear-blown coverages. Nobody draws up a defense, and certainly not Mike Zimmer, to leave nobody within 30 yards of Danny Amendola. Uh, there's things they have to clean up on that side, but they dominated offensively in that game, um, just as they had played really well against the Giants, just as they um, certainly showed up well against the Eagles last week. I mean, these are all positive signs. When you look at just the numbers in the big picture, the fact that the Vikings hadn't put up over 500 yards in a game in five years, Kirk Cousins hadn't had 300-plus yards passing in three straight games since, like, 2015 with the Redskins, they're doing stuff that's, you know, beyond what uh, what Vikings fans have seen in a while, and I'm sure it's uh, – you know, it's a lot better to watch than what you saw in those first couple of road games of the season. That is Tom Pelissero's NFL Insights every Monday here at 5 o'clock. I'm Mackie and Jeb with Rami. All right, where can people find you? Whatever you happen to be wearing below the uh, the cut line there, where can people find you and when on NFL Network this week? 
Pants not optional the next few days because I will be at the Vikings facility tomorrow. Then I will be at the stadium Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, start, game day coverage starting at 6 a.m. on uh, Good Morning Football, so I know we're all looking forward to that. Right on. All right, Tom. Rich, can't wait to get there at 6 a.m. Or no, probably 5.30 a.m. Yeah, 5. Try to show up an hour early. It takes a while to get the makeup right. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Barely knowing you, Tom. See ya. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Bye. 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 NFL insights. Makeup right. <laughs> if I ever have to say that, strangle me. <laughs> well, I mean, when you're doing TV, man, you, got, you need No, I know. No, no, I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying, if I ever say I have to get the makeup right, just strangle me. I mean, we are doing a lot of video content. Our YouTube channel is yeah, popping. Yeah, morning, Judd, no makeup. Line. No makeup. Oh, really? No makeup. You just, you just no makeup. wake up looking like I that. I just huh? wake up like that. Yeah. Well, I shower. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes I don't. Depends. That should just be the poll question for every morning Judd video. Has Judd showered Has Judd yet? Showered. Yes or no? What do you mean sometimes? You don't shower every day? Oh, I do, but we I've do. done them from, from my bed before before I take a shower. Okay. All right. Oh, no, I shower on a daily. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. I don't shower if it's a Saturday and I'm going to watch college football all day. A lot of times I won't shower. Yeah, I'm with Judd on that. I, I but if I'm going to leave the house, I shower. I pick a weekend day sometimes and I just like... What? Just like... Shower late on Saturday and then wing it I'm, on Sunday. I'm with Phil. Something like that. Absolutely, yeah. That's fine. No, it's not. Who, who, are, you offend, who are you offending? You should bathe daily. Why? Because. It's just good hygiene. That's just taking good care of yourself. I mean, I don't necessarily That's basic bathe. self-care. Okay, if I'm going to lay on the couch all day, you're saying that I should bathe to lay on the couch? Yes. Like my couch no. cares? Yes. Yeah. Okay, absolutely. Rami, listen. I don't necessarily bathe daily and look where it's gotten me in life. <laughs> It feels right. There's just no need to bathe on a daily basis, is there? Yes. No, there's not. Jonathan, have you bathed since Minnesota United was bounced last night? Since last night? No, I got home at like 2 o'clock and kind of woke up and rolled in here. So no. Oh, so you're not showered right now from yesterday? But I showered I mean, I don't before care. I left just... for the game, so sure, sure. it's been I'm, less oh, than I'm not, 24 hours I'm not since I showered. No, I'm not criticizing you. I'm just asking. I mean, before we get to Vikings nitpicks, I feel like the floor should be Jonathan's here for a couple minutes I watched that whole thing last night, and I thought Minnesota tweeting. United was the best team. Yeah, and I'm going to steal. I can't believe I'm. I might get this wrong, but if my uh, if my analyst hat is on correctly here, I believe the way you would phrase it is Minnesota United was terrible in the final third of the field. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah, they just couldn't. Finish. Or as I would say it, somebody put the damn ball in the back of the net. Okay, that's the simple way of putting it. Yeah, I mean they they struck the game yesterday's game came down to that that. You Minnesota United, as you said, played the better game. They outclassed LA Galaxy for much of that game, and LA Galaxy, with their their attacking talents that they had, just only needed a couple moments, and they capitalized and won two one. So it was pretty much like every Minnesota Wild playoff yeah. game. What is it about okay. St. Paul teams and uh, important games and not being able to finish? I have no idea, but that was definitely Minnesota sure. United fans welcome to being a professional or a top division. You know what it was, Jake Allen. I knew he'd come back. <laughs> couldn't get a ball by Jake. Couldn't get a ball by Jake. Well, no, Allen. they didn't even. It, it wasn't LA Galaxy's keeper having a great day. He was barely challenged. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would say I think you've kind of nailed the characterization. All the the last couple of years, I feel like Minnesota United's fan base. It feels different than other fan bases. Mm-hmm, sure. The energy is different in that stadium. A lot of times now you have a taste of what Minnesota now, sports is like, all about. But like at the end of the yeah. day, it's you're in, you're a Minnesota sports <laughs> team. You're one of, one this of is us. what happens. I texted you last night as we were talking uh, during the game. I'm like Minnesota United fans, that feeling of disappointment and anger you're feeling right now. That's what it's like to be a Minnesota sports fan. Welcome. Yeah. yeah. So how would you characterize? I mean, it was 
It was a surprise season. Maybe not for, I mean, I think some people internally thought this is going to be the year, but yeah. they surprised the rest of MLS. How would you sort of characterize it? Are you more happy that they made the playoffs and had a fun regular season, or are you more ticked off that they lost in the way that they did? I'm disappointed it ended the way it did. I mean, but other than that, overall, 30,000 foot view, I thought, I think it was a great season. They stepped up their defense. The defense chopped off 27 goals from previous season where they had a record amount of goals again that they gave up. So the defense came through. They made a couple good signings in the offseason and throughout the season. It was definitely a great stepping stone going into Allianz Field, legitimizing the club within MLS, and basically revi- or changing people's opinions on the club within the league. It was it was a good season. Yeah. It looked really cool on uh, TV, by the way, like the mm-hmm. crowd. I don't know. It was... But this is the thing. I've heard that place. Every I feel like every Minnesota sports crowd, rightfully so, by the way, when you watch a playoff game on TV or you or you're even when you're at Target Field for that Twins Yankees game, there's a nervous energy because oh my god, like what's the thing that's going to happen? And it didn't feel like a nervous energy watching last night, but it will going forward. So <laughs> has, has it's definitely sports. nervous energy after the first goal. Was <laughs> has scored? the heartbreak just started too? The heartbreak. Well, yeah, I mean, you go back to the playoffs and lose again, and then you go back and lose again. Well, that would be the Minnesota sports the thing The Wild did it six yeah. consecutive years before they bailed. Well, if they do it next year, then yeah. I mean, they were the only home team in the first round of the playoffs to lose. So, I mean, it was all set up for them to Minnesota sports it, and unfortunately They're they part did. Part of the club. How did yeah. Zlatan do? He didn't do anything. Rami 2.0. Rami 2.0 was shut out. I'm just asking. Once again at Allianz Field. He said it's one of his favorite places to play just because it looks amazing. I didn't know he was. I thought he was like in his mid-30s. He's like 38. Yeah, he's 39, yeah. He's just about done, right? Yep. It's either going to be a movie deal or he's going to go play in China. I think he was born like the day after me. And I've said before, like God made me. He was like, this ain't right. Like the legs aren't long enough on this. I got to fix this. Among other things. Yeah, exactly. So you got sent back, basically? Like you didn't get sent back, but you did. I got rebooted. He's the new new version. He's the 2.0 version. He made him like the correct height for the all his other proportions. You're, you're like the, you're like the, the as-is version on the rack. Like, right. So can, Rami is Rocky this, 4, and then Zlatan is Creed? No, 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 no. Rami would be Rocky 5. Yeah, Rocky 5. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a better analogy than that. Yeah, no, that's probably good. I'm Rocky 5. <laughs> Rocky or is three? he Rocky, Rocky Balboa? Probably about right. Is okay. he Rocky Balboa? Vikings nit Rocky Balboa was when good. We come back I here. thought Rocky Balboa it, was good. Is that the best that you can possibly do? Now nah, I'll try again. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put this guy on earth, but I'll I'll give it another like, shot. It doesn't, it doesn't, I was just tired when I made this guy. It doesn't look right. <laughs> it's not proportional. It doesn't. It can't. Are run. you saying God got questioned? Yeah. No. Yeah. God questioned himself. He fit. He finished. I can do that better. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. What, what he did? What is this? Gave, uh, we'll put him down there, but we'll improve on it. Damian six pack. Longer legs, athleticism, wit, wit. Yeah, exactly. A sense of humor. He's got wit. He's got wit at least. Not as much as Lotan has. All right, man. Pretty good. Mackie and Jeb with Rami, and we'll come back with our Vikings nitpicks here. One second goal. They go on the play action again. This time for him, and he's in for the touchdown. When he's not blocking, he can also catch it. Five-yard touchdown grab for C.J. Ham. The key is staying ahead of the chains where they have to call, you know, defenses that load the box so that then we can take shots and be successful. And, um, you know, it was so key over and over again to even stay out of third downs. We're not having to convert five or six on a drive because we're going first, second down, first, second down, first, second down. That, that's, a, that's a big deal. We're running the ball. We're play-action pass. And, you know, we're converting on third downs. Uh... 
pocket's been clean. Uh, the offensive line's been playing with uh, you know great uh, intensity, and uh, so you know we're just keep trying to get better every day. And that's all fine and dandy, as you heard sound bites there from C.J. Ham's touchdown courtesy of Fox. Kirk Cousins, Mike Zimmer, and the Vikings are now three wins in a row. Uh, now have three wins in a row, I should say. Kirk Cousins now has the best passer rating in the NFL, most yards per attempt, and everything's great for the Vikings, but that's not what this segment is about. This segment is about nitpicks, okay? Vikings nitpicks, or we can expand it to the three-hour broadcast window if you have other nitpicks. I know that Chris Spielman was brought up earlier in the show, so let's uh, let's go around the room. We'll start with Rami. Um, what nitpicks did you have from yesterday? Xavier Rhodes is not very good right now, guys. He's not very good at playing cornerback in the NFL. This was the second game I can remember, and I think there have been others where he's been just straight up picked on. And there was a third game where he got beat, and Mike Zimmer was giving it to him on the sidelines. And Xavier Rhodes said afterwards, like, yeah, he I, he should have given it to me on the sidelines. That was bad technique. Teams have figured me out. I got to change the way I do things. And again, yesterday he got picked on and successfully. And I don't, I don't know if it's just the end of the road for Xavier Rhodes or if he needs to be moved into a, a, a less important position on the field. But he just has. Not, I mean, I like I said, there's three games that stand out to me as bad performances, and I can't think of one that stands out as a really good performance. Yeah, he used to be the guy that. I mean, roads closed, right? They, they didn't even throw to his side of the field for a couple years there. Not anymore, they're not. So Wayne's roads and Hughes did not play great uh, against Detroit, but Rhodes looks, and he's 29, he looks cooked. He just looks cooked. He's lost a full step or, or half a step or something, but the telltale one to me was, so Jones caught four touchdown passes. The first was um, Wayne's, at the 11, missed him. He scored a touchdown. The second was a short one against Rhodes. The third one was against Mike Hughes. And then the fourth one was the short one against Rhodes. That one, to me, though, was very telling because that's the one where Rhodes melted down, slammed his helmet. Like, you're like, dude, you can't be doing that. You're a, you're supposed to be really good, and you're not now, and I get that, but you... I And I believe if you watched the conclusion of that play, because Detroit then went for a two-point conversion, that Rhodes melted down completely and yanked himself. And Hughes came in and made a nice play to break up the uh, two-point conversion. But here's what I would do. I would probably start him Thursday, because Washington's not good, and it's a quick turnaround. I think you need to give, if you're Zim, and this is, is going to be tough, because Rhodes is your first prized pupil here. He's the guy that, in 2014, you got this job and spent that whole training camp in Rhodes' back pocket and basically mm-hmm. turned him from being a really good first-round prospect to being an elite player. Um, but after the Washington game, you have 10 days off till KC. I think you have to think long and hard about Mike Hughes then starting. And Rhodes, I'm not saying he doesn't play. I'm not saying he's benched in perpetuity. But I am saying that if there's a snap count differential between those two, that it might be flipped. Because this has now been, what, Phil? A two-year decline? It's a two-year decline. It's it's his seventh year in the NFL. Yeah, time, time 29, 29 d- does not tell the stat of the uh, wear and tear on this guy. And this has been ongoing, though. So it's not shocking. It's sad. It's not surprising. And and as tough as this might be for Mike, because I think Zim's guys are Zim's guys, 
the reality is you've got a really good football team here, yeah. and you've got to give that team both on both sides of the football every chance to win, and I don't know that Rhodes consistently does that right now. Amazing factoid about Xavier Rhodes, and I am not slighting how great he was for a three-year period at his peak. In his career, he only has 10 interceptions yeah. in six and a half seasons. Ten picks. He had five in 2016, yeah. his first Pro Bowl year, yeah. and uh, otherwise no more than two in the season. Now, I, I don't think anyone would say that he's – uh, well, two things. One, there was a period where he just didn't get thrown at, so he didn't have the opportunities. But, um, but he's added value in, in different ways. And now, you know, we used to praise him for being physical as a cornerback, and he was going to get called for penalties. But it was all part of this physical, close knit style of play that he had. And now it's like he's getting torched, and he's committing penalties. Yeah. Did I see it right? He's committed a penalty in like seven consecutive games or something ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, that's unfortunate. So, definitely a glaring. Can I give you one quick? Go ahead. It's not going to be the Vikings, but for the second consecutive week, a Vikings opponent did something that I just—it just, as a football fan, offends me deeply. Last week, Peterson, the fake field goal fake attempt, field goal at the half. that was just stupid. And Doug, what are you thinking? And like last night, we saw more. I used to think that Peterson was like this play calling guru, genius, but at times he does just stupid things. But the one, the one that I want to talk about yesterday is the Daryl Bevel. Was it fourth and one? Detroit has the ball, and they have Stafford, who, by the way, had a really good game. Matthew Stafford was damn good. They have him throw that incredibly stupid pass into coverage. Kendricks is right there. Now he grabbed the guy slightly before, but nonetheless, what the hell is that play call? You need one yard. You need one yard, and you're going to run a play into the teeth of of a linebacker crew. Not try to beat them, you know, with some type of of oh creative pass play, but you're throwing it right into the teeth of that defense. Are you stupid? Yeah, Bev, come on, man, you're smarter than that. <laughs> I'm just it just offends me as a football fan because so many of these play calls are really so smart, and these guys are so good, and then that's what you're going to do on fourth down. That's a nitpick of mine. Yeah, I I always love okay. like like Childress era coaches that I forget where they are. I'm like, oh, that's right, Daryl Bevel. He looks old by the way now too. He's got the glasses now. <laughs> it's been a while. I know he is old, but it's just funny because yeah. he looks old. Uh, my nitpick would be the fact that the Vikings and and he did catch five passes yesterday. So did Kyle Rudolph. By the way, it was a big day for Vikings tight ends yesterday. My nitpick is the fact that Irv Smith Jr. has only been targeted. Am I right on this? Is this right? Fourteen times all year. We're seven games into this thing, and according to Pro Football Reference, Irv Smith has been targeted 14 times, and I feel like of the 12 catches in those 14 targets, all 12 of those times he's caught a pass, I've been like, whoa, that is a robot on the field. <laughs> like, he's like the Fox robot. Just 14 he, times is right. He looks like a wide receiver in how fast he moves, but he's got the size of a tight end. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and then Kyle Rudolph had his best game of the year yesterday, and he scored a touchdown, and I don't mean for this to be a... Uh, a crap on Kyle Rudolph segment, but when you watch Kyle Rudolph run similar routes to the routes that Irv Smith Jr. is running, it's like it's like watching a Ferrari and a Ford Taurus run the same road course. Like how it's a in, the, in, drive. in the second half of the season, I need some more Irv Smith Jr. I'm with you. in my life in that Vikings offense. He's fantastic. He looks so good. I think I think increasing his workload and his targets as the season goes on, though, is is the way to go. Tight, end, sure. tight ends generally don't make a ton of impact in their rookie year. My last thing, just quickly, because we talked about this a ton last week, though. But honest to God, if somebody could please call me up and explain what's a penalty and what's not, I'd really appreciate it. Eric Wilson on one play for the Vikings 
think it was a third down pass play, grabbed the intended receiver and basically tossed him down as the ball was in the air. Now, they were calling penalties right and left before that. And I don't even care if you're not going to call that, but then just don't call that. I am so confused now. And Spielman, Chris Spielman, too. It was very clear. The NFL, after Booger rightfully so torched these guys after the Detroit Green Bay debacle, did you notice everyone was talking about, oh, this officiating is hard to do. Oh, these are these are hard calls to make. And, and as pointed out by someone on Twitter, they also did not go back and show, I, I don't think, unless I missed this yesterday, one of those holding calls. Like, not once did they go back and say, "Oh yeah, there's the holder, there's the hold." It was like the league said, "Uh-uh, don't, don't even show it." The yeah. one that the one that I still can't figure out is they called un- neutral zone infraction unabated to the quarterback when Daniel Hunter had clearly jumped off sides and then jumped back on sides, and usually that's a free play. Usually, and you saw Matthew Stafford's shoulders slump. Like, what do you, what are you what are you doing? How do you how do you even stop the play there? Which that could have cost them big because in the day and age of pass interference, you have a free play like that. You just chuck it forty yards down the field and hope your guy comes down with it, or you get a you get a yellow hanky yeah. on the field. That was that was a a big call by them, I, and I did not understand why they stopped it right there. Since we're talking nitpicks, what did you guys think about? Because so my initial reaction is I didn't realize, and I don't know if the if the announcers didn't do a good enough job of explaining it early in the game. The Lions were driving on the fringe of field goal range. And there was a situation that could have been like Matthew Stafford got hit and it was either a fumble that was recovered to be a 52 yard field goal, which is what they ruled on the field. But it looked to me because it was so obviously his arm was going forward an incomplete pass. And instead it was a 56 yard field goal. And Mike Zimmer throws the challenge. At first I thought, dude, why are you throwing a challenge flag? Even if. The Lions recovered the fumble, but they ruled the other way around on the field. So Mike Zimmer, just to sum this all up, Mike Zimmer threw a, a challenge flag to push the Lions from a 52-yard field goal to a 56-yard field goal, yep. which then became a 61-yard attempt if they wanted it because of a false start penalty, and they decide to punt. How did you guys feel about if they hadn't had the false start penalty? Mike Zimmer challenging early in the game a four-yard difference in spot to make it a 52 <laughs> Versus a 56-yard field goal. Because I actually thought it was kind of savvy. With a kicker like... I mean, and that, and I, I believe Prater's leg. 55 yards is his career long. He's got a big and, leg. And so did Zimmer consciously say, well, we know his career long is 55. Let's push him back. Let's push him back well, probably, out of yeah. his range. Probably. Um, so I, a yeah. lot of people were kind of roasting Mike Zimmer for that. I thought it might have been kind of a savvy challenge. But, if, he, if he thought about it that way. But it was so lions of them then to fall start it. Yeah, I course. just thought the Lions are going to lion, and they, they turned a 52-yard field goal into the a punt. Six, in, into a 61-yard, <laughs> oh, bleep it, we won't even try. Yeah, Those fans, by the way, they showed up, like half of them were wearing referee jerseys and mocking the officials. They, they were cared. Ready. Yeah. They cared a lot. You see the guys with the referee shirts on, and they had on full clown outfits other yeah. than the referee shirts? That was funny. <laughs> funny. A lot of clowns. Or they were trying to mock Judd Zilgad. A lot of clowns in this town. Clown That's Judd all I Clown. Judd got into a fight with Carly Zucker not, on Twitter it was this not weekend. A, it was not a fight. It was not a fight. Which we, we will talk about on tomorrow's show. I was blocked, and that, then I was followed, and then I was chastised. Yeah. Hey, real quick, before we'll, and we'll go all in on that tomorrow, by the way. That's two quite hours the sequence of, of events. And then I was called a clown. Blocked, followed, then chastised? Yeah, that's pretty much how it happened. Yeah, I'm excited for this whole and story. And I was called tomorrow. a clown. Well, um, not by her. Before I mean. we wrap with Royce, gentlemen, let's just, I just want to be fair here. Let's just do a quick poll of the room, including Jonathan. 
Do we want one more sampling of Bear's vent line? No. Let's just do a quick sampling. I don't think we need that. Jonathan? Okay, yeah. Rami, you I mean, say no. I think that's unnecessary. I'm in. Okay, Jonathan, you're in. So I got the deciding vote. I mean, yeah. uh, I, I'm in too, by the way. Yeah, so but hold Rami's on. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Let me see. Okay, yes. Benching him has such seismic consequences that I don't know if they, they want to go down that path. You just literally have to hope for the best at, at, that something changes within his development and his play significantly improves. That, that's what you're, you're left with, hope. Yeah. You just have to hope and pray. And, and maybe more pray than hope at this point. Yes, yes. Because there's yes. not a lot of hope out there. Yeah. You got the panic alarm? That was awesome. That was Zolgadian and it's foreboding. That was amazing. That was great. Like, they sounded distraught. Which one's more distraught? The Bears fans right there or Vikings fans back in Ponder days? It's very similar. Uh, it's similar, but I think it's, I think it's them because he was such a high draft pick. Yeah. Ponder was, what, 12th, 11th, 12th? That's bad enough. This guy was and they have, Patrick Mahomes. They have one of the best defenses in the league, and it's kind of going to waste. And a coach is going, a little bit cuckoo. Just admit that Mitch is horrible. <laughs> Matt Nagy's a fraud. <laughs> By the way, say what you want about the Bears. Their fight song compared to the Lions is the greatest oh, is the greatest song ever. That Lions fight song. The Lions on the moon. It's a great song. Yeah, I was gonna say it's it's really good. It sounds like carny music. It's nothing That's compared to the Chargers theme song, though. I miss the Chargers theme song I so love much. The Chargers Go back to San song. Diego so, so that we can have that cocaine-laden tune back, please. <laughs> <laughs> I love the 70s. Jonathan here with the Score North download brought to you by the 2020 Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. The Score North Podcast Network consists of more than a dozen shows from the Score North Twin Show and Raised by Wolves to the Scoop and or the Scoop with Doogie and Royce Unchained. You can find a full list of these Minnesota sports podcasts at scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app or just search Score North, SKOR North, anywhere you find your podcast. Also on that podcast network, Minnesota Sports Rewind. Join Sage Rosenfels, Phil Mackey's Zod- Judd Zolgad and Ryan Longwell on Minnesota Sports Rewind, the 2009 Vikings edition on demand anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Vikings injury report came out. It's an estimation of what would have happened if they had practice today because there's a short week. So on the didn't did not practice, if they had practice, it would have been Adam Thielen with a hamstring injury, Everson Griffin, Linval Joseph with quad and knee injuries respectively there, and limited in practice today would have been Xavier Rhodes with a hip injury. That's been your scoring with download. Now back to Mackie and Jonathan Rami. All right, we didn't screen this, but I'm going to assume it's Pat. Let's roll the dice. It's me, it's me. Yeah. I love the uh, <laughs> they didn't practice if we had practiced list. I like, I like, I like that. that list. That, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the, the NFL the, right That's the there best list in the NFL. Yeah. The, the NFL, play again on Thursday. We don't give a damn if it kills you. <laughs> How would they be able to prove otherwise if you just said, yep, all these guys totally would have practiced? Yeah, they would have practiced. They were they were chopping at the bits. We don't actually know because they all stayed home, but uh, that, uh, you know, that, that's okay. So, yeah, what a, what a weird list, though. Quite a performance for our Vikings, though, yesterday offensively. Wow, the last two weeks have been unbelievable. 
Yeah, Kirk Cousins, Pat, now has the highest passer rating in the NFL. <laughs> Kirk Cousins' biggest fan right here on the phone, Pat Royce. Yeah, well, no, and I wasn't quite as down on him as everybody else. <laughs> I didn't, you know, I didn't want him dragged through the streets behind a wagon or anything like that. <laughs> no, I didn't say a wagon, I said a station wagon. <laughs> well, a horse-drawn carry. <laughs> You know, with a kind of splayed out with his uh, <laughs> legs in one direction and his arms in the other, you know, kind of like that. So, <laughs> I never said that. I tell you what, when somebody blocks up front, it makes a difference, doesn't it? Yes. Isn't it crazy how that happens when guys <laughs> yeah. have time and room to move? I have said my whole life that uh, uh, the most important element of any football team is the offensive line. Mm-hmm. And when the Vikings have been good, they've always had a pretty good offensive line. The thirteen and three team was, you know, had an adequate offensive line, but they're great teams. Uh, you know, the, when they went to the Super Bowl and then Denny's best teams, they all had offensive lines. So you got to have one of those, and it's it's of course harder to play now than it's ever been because they play the defenses play wider and they have faster guys and the whole thing. The job is tougher, but uh, if you can block a little bit, you can play. Patrick. We are yet to talk about probably the most successful football team, big-time football team in this town, so we should do it right now. How about that victory over Rutgers? Woo! Yeah, that's, uh, you know, well, I, I, I would diminish Rutgers' victory, uh, the victory over Rutgers, if if Wisconsin hadn't managed to lose to Illinois. So uh, Love I, I guess when you go on the road, you should be ready to play anybody because uh, that was uh, – was a disaster for Bucky, and uh, you know, so you go in there and you beat him as bad as you want to. You can't feel bad about that, can you? No, I don't think. You, well, you you should have to apologize for playing Rutgers, and then when you play them, you better at least cover the spread, which they did. Well, the Big Ten. I don't think the Gophers have to apologize. I think the Big Ten. I think Jim Delaney has to apologize for getting these jackasses in the league. I mean, they stink in everything. You know, a few years ago they had a volleyball team that went zero and twenty. Jeez. Didn't they? They, uh, they, they told me that uh, the people with somebody with the Gophers told me that if they had played St. Paul Concordia, they would have gotten beat twenty-five to twelve in three sets. You know, maybe Greg Schiano can come in and fix the volleyball team. No, too. <laughs> you think I don't think he's going to take it. No. They, they want him to, but I don't think he's going to take it. Why, Why would you? You know, come in there and beat his head against the wall and try to read it. You know, because when he won there last time, they were in the Big East. He never, you know, this is a com- this is a completely different animal right here. Yeah, you got to play Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan pretty much every year. So. Well, you do. You're in the East, so you get uh, you, you get you know you got you got you, you got a chance to beat Indiana, and you got a chance to beat Maryland. You're going to go zero and four against everybody else. So, and then you got to and then you got to hope your crossover games aren't the, aren't the big boys. So. Yeah. So I was doing some digging on this, and I think this is right. Maybe you can maybe you can correct it if it's not right. So the Gophers are ranked 17th in the Associated Press poll, and they're if they're 15 point favorites over Maryland to get to the top 10. They'd have to win the next. I think if they win the next two, they somehow beat Penn State in a few weeks. The last time the Gophers were ranked in the top 10, what year? And, and maybe this is wrong, but this is my research. Uh, well, it wouldn't be. Uh, I don't know if they ever got there in '67. They were pretty good, so I suppose '60. '62 is 62, my. They were ranked. Really? They, they okay. ranked fifth in the country. '61. You know, they would have. '61. Uh, they would have went to the Rose Bowl again if the referees hadn't cheated us down in Madison. Typical. And, 
and uh, and and that would have been three straight Rose Bowls. And then uh, in '62, I suppose they started that year fairly highly ranked. I think they were six two and one or something like that year. So yep. they were pretty decent that year. But that that probably would have been early in the season when they were ranked in the top ten in, in, in that year. So hey Pat, can, can yeah. you? Explain to me, it was in one of those years, I believe, that they won a national title, but the voting was done before the Rose Bowl, which they lost? Yeah. How, the how the AP, hell did that work? The AP voting, I think it wasn't until 66 or 7 yeah. that they started voting uh, after the... Uh, you know, after the bowl games. Before that, they voted before the bowl games. And in fact... I think the year the Gophers were voted national champs after because the, they beat Iowa, they went to number one, and then they lost to Purdue, and they stayed there. I think they stayed there, and then they beat Wisconsin the last game. But the team they were battling for the number one ranking was Old Miss, and Old Miss had a game left, I believe, when they came out with the final ballot. It was that uh, makes no zero <laughs> sense in any era. So college I, college football is even more messed up they, and they corrupt never back then. Me up and pulled to Minnesota and asked me what I thought about it, but that's the way it went. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the Gophers, their last national championship team was eight and two. Yeah, wow. Just don't get it. I think it was only a nine game schedule that year, right? Uh, seven. Uh, Seven conference games and two non-conference games. I've got no problem with that. It's just that why couldn't you wait to the bowl games to vote? Makes no sense. Well, they had to get on to the basketball season. You know, and of course, the basketball season started about December third, then too. So, yeah, yeah. One of my favorite. Uh, I I love these stories about old Red Carolina uh, sports writers and Southern sports writers and. Uh, the uh, Raleigh paper had a guy named Brucey Phillips who was a sports editor down there, and Brucey hated basketball on Tobacco Road. And the famous story is he goes over and looks at the teletype machine like on December 3rd, and there's a basketball game on there, and he says, God almighty, have they started playing basketball already? These bleepers must play 20 games a year. <laughs> <laughs> How dare they? Brucey was, uh, was an anti, uh, anti-basketball guy. So, uh, How could you be anti-basketball down there, too? I was in the South, so... Interesting. So, uh, Pat, what do you make of uh, our guy Rami, Chicago Bears, and Mitch Trubisky? I have yesterday? no idea. Are we blaming Trubisky or are we just blaming the Bears? Why don't they stop somebody, Rami? What happened to that? They got Dink and Dunk Teddy, and they let him get 30 points against them, man. They look really soft up the middle without Akeem Hicks right now. I don't know what's happened. The, well, what you're is, right. The, how bad is the injury? Hell, they were talking about him maybe playing against the Vikings, and now it's 2 Weeks well, they later, put right? they put him on IR, so it's at least eight weeks oh, before he's really? eligible to come back. Yeah, last week they put him on IR, so I don't I don't know, Pat. I was more surprised by how that defense looked than the offense. I think they were just worn down in that game individually because the Saints just stayed on the field the entire first half, and I think they're just worn down from carrying the load for for Matt Nagy for a season and a half and waiting for the offense to do something. Well, there's got to be some reason. That was a good-looking football team that came in here and kicked the living crap out of the Vikings at the end of last year when they had nothing to play for. And I, they certainly have uh, fallen off. That's uh, I, I'm surprised that they've surprised me uh, big time. The Rams had surprised me too until uh, yesterday when uh, apparently Jalen Ramsey put Julio Jones in his pocket and that made them a little more. 
they could make some plays defensively. But, uh, you know, the Vikings are a contender. They're a contender in this division right here. They're going to be, I mean, not in this division, in this uh, conference. They're going to be 6-2. and two. And a bunch of the teams that they were supposed to have tough games against down the stretch don't look that tough right now. Yeah, not Casey uh, K- without Pat Mahomes is a break. Well, and uh, The Chargers, too, look Chargers. like they're awful now compared to last year. So. Yep. What happened? I don't get it. And Philip Rivers looks, I love him, but he just looks the older cliff. and older every single cliff, week, yeah. too. It happens. And yesterday they had they thought they had won the game and then they they tried to run a couple goal line plays and Melvin Gordon fumbled and it's it was a really ugly way to lose. They thought they did score twice and it was yeah. overturned in the replay. Yeah. Gentlemen, do you agree with me that and I told Judd this today that the officials uh, uh, yesterday in Detroit got a call at halftime from uh, Riveron or somebody. Quick. Or they came down and somebody came Stop down. Stop throwing and chewed, penalties. Somebody yeah. came down and chewed their rear ends and said, told them what a farce they were making out of this game. And the second half was officiated completely yeah. differently. Pat, we got to run. We'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, Jeff. All right, see ya. Yeah. Thank you, Pat. Mackie and Jeff with Rami on demand. Apple, Spotify, Score North app. That was great today. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.